Another edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by TheLines.com. My name is Eli Herskovich. You can follow me on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. You can follow my co-host, Mo Nuara. To my right, virtually on Twitter at Mo Nuara. And you can follow TheLines.com as well at the Lines US. Recording here on Thursday, April 20th. Breaking down two MLB games. Padres and D-backs first up and then Mets at Giants. But... First things first, give the video a thumbs up, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications whenever the Lions releases a new sports betting video on any market, including Major League Baseball. And also check out the Lions Beat the Closing Number podcast with Spreadopedia from this morning as we broke down all things MLB futures and no run. First, any bets you will not want to miss what our guest Spreadopedia had to compare no run first any bets, otherwise known as Nerfies too. Be sure to check that out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So, Mo, let's get started with pods at D-backs. This is a 940 first pitch. The Padres have underperformed up until this point at 9-11. Arizona in first place, believe it or not, in the NL West at 11-8. and eight. San Diego up to minus 145 on the money line. A little bit of a bump. From the opener, I believe you got it right around minus 130. Michael Waka will take on Ryan Nelson of the D-backs. And most importantly, headline-wise, Fernando Tatis Jr. is back for San Diego for the first time since first serving that 80-game PED suspension. Eight games in the minor leagues to date this season. Seven home runs, 15 RBI, two stolen bases, a 77 Strikeout rate, which is notable considering his chase rate when he was in the majors over the last couple of years, didn't play last season with the wrist injury combined with the suspension. But also, the most notable on this list, a 1.802 OPS. And Tatis is tied with Pete Alonso of the Mets for the fourth shortest NL MVP odds at DraftKings Sportsbook. At 10 to 1, Ronald Lacuna Jr., who opened the season as the favorite, right along with Juan Soto, has now become the consensus favorite for the NL MVP award at plus 350. So, Mo, two parts to this. I mentioned your betting, Padres. Why? And what do you make of Fernando Tatis's fairly low NL MVP odds? I guess, first off, I would say the MVP odds seem insane to me. Um, I think this is one of the issues with your Bogarts bet that we've talked about. <laughs> While he's a great coming player, at me just right from the jump and projects to be well within striking distance of anybody in terms of war. I think it obviously helps to be like the clear cut best player on a on an elite team. Uh, it's going to be hard to be the clear cut best player on the Padres because of how good their team is, but also because of this time he's missed when he is going to end up with a lower war probably than some other players, but um, maybe not, you know, maybe not if he hits like this. I mean, this is obviously pretty insane what he's doing. Um, he has a 697 isolated slugging, which is absolutely outrageous. Um, yeah, we talked about this. I think we talked about this yesterday. He's terrorizing these uh, poor AAA pitchers. As far as today goes, um, it is Michael Walker going. 
I watched his last start where he got shelled um, from the hotel lobby in San Diego. I think it was the day after the game we went to. Um, I thought his stuff looked fine, even as the Brewers were pounding him. Um, and his peripherals tell me his stuff is fine. More swings and misses, actually, than last year by a decent by a decent margin. His call strike plus whiff rate is up almost 5%, and that moves him from well below average, which is why I kept fading him last year, and he kept sticking it in my eye. And now he's above average. So we'll see if that continues. You know, it's still obviously early. His fastball velocity is a bit below last year's, but it's been trending up every start so far. He's gone up a half tick. So I think he's going to be at last year's number in no time. I'm not really worried about it. And they're facing off with uh, Ryan Nelson here. He's not been able to get any chases, really, 20% outside the zone swing rate. I'm not sure he has a way to get lefties out. I was looking at his pitch mix. It's basically fastball slider. Padres do have some pretty tough lefties, and obviously when they're right-handed bats, they're adding Tatis. Honestly, I think this is the best lineup in baseball probably uh, with Tatis in there. So uh, did get steam this morning, unfortunately, for the viewers who are not in the Discord. Missed out on some value here. But I still think there was a minus 140 a little bit before record at BetMGM. Uh, I still think that's playable. Anything below minus 145 is probably okay. Um, it's, it's definitely getting close, though. Uh, I think we got closer to minus 130 last night. Over to the second game that you're batting in. By the way, just want to go back to your first point about Bogarts. His number and LMVP ads, not that it matters necessarily, and it's going to happen when a player is off to a hot start. I got Bogarts at 40-1 to 1 to win an, an LMVP, and his odds are down to as low as 25-1. to 1. That's because he's getting on base at an absurd rate, pretty much has a hit or has been on base in every single game. This season, we'll see if the power numbers start to tick up because that's what he's going to need to do along with the Padres starting to find their way back into the NL West top of the NL West standings long way to go. Like we touched on with Spreadopedia yesterday on the long form version of beat the closing number. You don't want to take too much out of a small sample size, but the Mets start at 12 and seven certainly is nothing of that nature as the Mets won the, or at least made the playoffs last year. Almost won the NL East. I believe the Braves ended up finishing first in that division. So Mets at Giants tonight in San Francisco. 9.45 first pitch Eastern Standard Time. And the Mets right around a minus 120 favorite. Down actually to minus 115 at DraftKings as of this recording on Thursday morning. And you remember you can find the best of the number on any market. Including Mets and Giants money line odds. At thelines.com, it is Kodai Senga, the rookie from Japan, who has the is tied for the third shortest NL Rookie of the Year odds at around plus 500. He's taken on the Southpaw, Sean Manaya, who has a low and I guess high, depending on how you want, how you want to look at it, a 7.42 xERA. But that velo is up from last season across the board, and the Mets dating back to last year as well have a pretty low WRC plus, at least in comparison to the way they've shelled righties, again, going back to the 2022 campaign, and they rank right around league average in regards to WRC plus against lefties this year, which again, Manaya is a southpaw. So how are you betting Mets at Giants, Mel? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I did take uh, a number that's worse than what we're looking at now uh, on the Mets. I fired at Mets minus 120. So this one, you can get a better price than I got if you do so choose to follow along. I think the Mets are just a solidly better team pretty much across the board than the Giants with a better pitcher on the mound here. I'm a bit surprised the number is getting close to almost minus 110, minus 110 the way it's going. But we'll see. Sometimes there's some buyback, uh, and sometimes uh, these early moves can can prove to be nothing. But it's like you said with Manaya, uh, the XERA is rough. I, I think the command's been pretty bad so far. Uh, his velocity bump is large, like multiple miles per hour. That's usually a situation where I'm looking to buy. But I was looking at, I think some of it is because he changed his fastball from a, a sinker to a four-seamer. And I don't think he's commanding it very well. Uh, very bad called strike rate. Uh, very high barrel rate. Uh the StatCast numbers, like you said, 7.42 XERA. It's telling me people are just hammering the baseball off him. Uh, the barrel rate's like triple league average, I think. So it could just be small sample, but I've always found his fastball to be pretty meaty. Like people just kind of tee off on it a lot, I think, especially in recent years as he has lost velocity. I don't know if throwing harder is going to help him if his command is this rough. Because he was always a, a big command guy uh, when he was mostly, you know, sinker, change, uh, slider. I think the Mets, it's weird though. Like you said, they haven't been great uh, against lefties. But I do kind of think they profile as a team that should hit lefties pretty hard. A lot of right-handed batters and lefties they do have. Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo. These guys don't have, like, much of platoon splits. I mean, they do, but they're... Platoon splits are like above average versus lefties and great versus righties and not like bad versus lefties and great versus righties. I think Senga is a tough one to get a read on as well, to be honest. Um, lots of strikeouts, lots of ground balls, but lots of walks, lots of homers as well. So I'm still trying to figure out what to make of him. Uh, since I have some money on this one, I'll probably watch uh, Senga and see if I can get a better read on him. The Giants, they don't chase a lot which I think is bad against Senga because he's throwing that, uh, the ghost fork ball, they call it. Uh, I think it's closest to a splitter, but uh, nobody really knows, I think, for sure. Uh, they don't <laughs> chase a lot, which is I think is bad. But, but also, like I said, if it's closest to a splitter, the Giants have been bad against splitters this year, and they were bad versus splitters last year, so I think that could help Senga here. Um, not as exciting for sure, today's plays as the Twins were yesterday. That was probably one of the best spots of the year. Don't think we will get another one that good for some time, but uh, did play the Mets at minus 120. And you mentioned the Twins yesterday. That is a part of your, that was a winner, Minnesota at Boston. And Mo is on a seven and run, seven and one, although there have been a lot of runs in that stretch. Baseball run with his bets and Mo, I, I know you don't want to pump yourself up, so I'm going to allow you to avoid that potential question. But when it comes to your process for MLB batting, I think that's the best way for you to go about this, at least in how you want to answer it. So for the average batter that might see a, a big baseball run from a capper they follow, or if they go on a hot baseball stretch themselves, that might lead to them increasing their portfolio in regards to MLB bats on a given day 
or given week just because they may be red hot or having a, a really nice day, really nice month even. So how do you go about your sample size or just your unit size even if you want to take it one way or the other, the amount of games you bet, the amount of money you put down on bets when you are hot? We both know how, maybe not the pro better. I don't think either of us are pro betters, but we do bet a lot more than the casual or average better we have in the past. So either way, whatever way you want to take it, whether it's, again, the amount of games you bet when you are rolling in regards to Major League Baseball or any sport or the amount of money you're putting down on a given bet. I'm usually trying to like only bet more if I think there's a bigger edge, to be honest. Uh, like, for instance, you know, that Twins game yesterday, I definitely did go quite a bit bigger on that one. Um, but you know, when I am grading these, I'm usually grading them flat because it makes it easier and I don't want people to go on 40 unit swings like I do sometimes. Um, (laughs) then they would really be upset. Uh, but when we go on a downer, but yeah, it's not too crazy for sure. Most of the time I'm in the same ballpark with most of the, the bets and then usually not trying to get too caught up in a hot streak or anything because I, like I said, I've gone on 40 unit ups 40 unit downs and just you know very well for sure that you can't get too caught up in the wins or the losses and just try to move on to the next day you know of course and a lot of cappers like to get all into themselves when they get really hot whether it's again baseball or NBA the NBA playoffs of course Mo is handicapping not only in our Discord channel, which you can find on thelines.com, our free Discord channel, putting his bets in daily, but he also has a bunch of write-ups over at thelines.com and had a nice winner yesterday on the Grizzlies. And no, I'm not just giving Mo props because he had a winner. Mo and I both have had our fair share of losers, not only in recent weeks, but also in re- recent months and many, many years in the past and many more years to come. So by no means are we saying the losses don't happen and we're not acknowledging those. But Mo, regardless, is one of the best baseball handicappers around. So be sure to follow him on Twitter as it's spelled on the screen at Mo Nuara. Follow the lines on Twitter at the lines US. And we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Beat the Closing Number. Talk to you then.